Folks, there's all kinds of really exciting things going on in April at the Poetry Project, including um, Amiri Baraka and Cecil Taylor on the 26th, Exine Cervenka, Ellen Maybe, and Patricia Smith on the 27th, The World in Us, Lesbian and Gay Poetry of the Next Wave on the 28th, and a marathon reading of Ed Dorn's Gunslinger on the 29th. You've got like four days in a row of really amazingly great poetry events coming up. Akila Oliver works the border between the expected and the as yet unimagined territory of the poem. In the preface to her book, The She Said Dialogues, Flesh Memory, she says, Flesh Memory, one, a text, a language, a mythology, a truth, a reality, an invented as well as literal translation of everything that we've ever experienced or known, whether we know it directly or through some type of genetic memory, osmosis, or environment. Two, the body's truths and realities. Three, the multiplicity of languages and realities that the flesh holds. Four, the language activated in the body's memory. This is her turf. Shifting focus. A total redefinition of what we mean when we say identity po poetic. Erotic, sacred, the sacred as erotic, all heart, all soul, all body, the body of language also. Akilah Oliver is a poet, performance artist, and teacher a founding member of the Sacred Naked Nature Girls. She was born in St. Louis and raised in L.A. Now she teaches <coughs> at Naropa University. Bill, I have the throat thing. <coughs> um, her work has appeared in Bombay Gen, Spike, High Risk 2, writings on sex, death, and subversion. Fast Talk, Full Volume, an anthology of contemporary Afri African-American poetry, and in this, Her first book, The She Said Dialogues, Flesh, Memory, which has been honored by the Pen America's Open Book Program. It is my pleasure and an honor to welcome Akilah Oliver. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for being here. Rachel, did you bring Dearly? I was totally going to read from Rachel's book dearly, but I didn't bring it. So imagine that you're hearing it. I mean this. Things translate into memory almost as they're happening. I mean this. I mean to be more precise. I mean to rip between languages. I mean to swallow a shadow. I mean to be textured paper. I mean to walk into the terminal ocean one fine day. I mean to reward myself, a silly fault, for which there is an opposite. This here be the opposite. I take back my cut hair. I take back my burnt thumbs. I take back all punishment. I deserve punishment no more than some child deserves a beating for existing. I mean this. I don't remember screaming at you. I don't remember a cat hair disturbed my eyelashes. I don't remember I'm on a bed that's not mine. I don't remember you. I don't remember never speaking to you again. I don't remember a memory, my long toes, black moles on my face. I mean this. I don't want no tears today. I got this extra bowl of spaghetti. Eat it. 
I'm going to read a series of short pieces. I'm not quite sure what to call them. I think they're sort of like short stories, um, little vignettes. Vignette number seven. Then the cowboy comes up to the table, says. Then the cowboy slides up from his slouch position to a full sitting position at the table, says. Then the cowboy coughs into his linen napkin, a horrendous cough, says. The waiter looks insulted, having been at the fine chain restaurant since November, says. A bad lady walks through the kitchen. She's not allowed there. She wears green velvet gloves, and her tattoo is a stigmata of twisted vines bleeding the breath of buffaloes on the garlic cream sauce. I think she was soon evicted or had to leave. She keeps walking. Then the busboy shouts to his wife, who is only there, to drop him off some quaaludes to help embark him on his second shift. He says, until you retile the kitchen floor, You'll just have to mop every day. Boy, was he vocal and mad. She didn't cringe or anything. Adjusted her breast back into her sports bra, followed the woman in the green gloves out the restaurant's entrance. All of their names began with the consonant P. The, the busboy's face sinks like a cliche. We started to laugh, but then we saw the sadness on his lips. Little vignette number 10. Hellacious is sitting on the hood of her fire-red 69 Mustang, waiting for her date, code-named Pussy Miss, to come out the restaurant, where they've just eaten their first meal together, googly-eyed noodles and teriyaki chicken. When Pussy Miss finally drags her ass out to the car, Hellacious puts on her best leech smile for her, dangles a clove cigarette between her lips for effect, and asks Pussy Miss where she wants to go now. I don't care, Pussy Miss demurs, as she ducks her head in an affectatious little bob that could pass for femme flirtatious. Hellacious smiles at her between gritted teeth, a smile she hopes comes off like an imitation. Only Butcher mutters inside her brain in a mocking cartoon tone, I don't care, then says out loud, fucking wimp. Pussy Miss doesn't even think Hellacious might be talking about her, since Hellacious' eyes are following a lean tan man across the parking lot who has on what could be a Stetson and green Converse tennis shoes. Little vignette number 11. Oh, Mom, do you have to take your bra off? He stumps over to the little dinette table, pressed against the refrigerator, sits his skinny ass down. Fucking yes, and come get your mango, banana, pineapple, protein powder shake so you can get yourself off to school with a well-balanced breakfast under your belt. I'm not wearing a belt. There he goes again, she says aloud. Children, the goddamn gift of life. Always these wise little sayings coming from their mouths. There you go, there you go. Lucy, the live-in lover, starts to scream. I mean, really raise her voice, and it's only 7.22 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. She's already sipping beer. But she interrupts herself because she has to kill a spider, a really big spider, walking manly across the kitchen floor. Then she picks right back up in that god-awful screech of hers, always embarrassing the fucking kid. Well, excuse me, I thought bananas would be good for the goddamn daily potassium requirement. She sucks into one of the Art Deco chairs that makes her think she's a famous expressionist painter and pouts in cigarette smoke, 
This is getting highly erotic until little Billy interrupts the mood with another one of his needs. So which one of you is riding me to school, he slurps. I've been writing a lot about desire. As a matter of fact, I realize that everything I write is about desire in one way or the other. So um, these are fibs. And a lot of them are inspired by Roland Barthes' um, book that I stole from Diana Ricard. It's, um, what is that book? What is that book? What is it? Lovers, a Lover's Discourse. Here's a little section from Roland Barthes' A Lover's Discourse. Discourse. Endlessly, I sustain the discourse of the beloved absent, actually a preposterous situation. The other is absent as referent, present as allocatory. I am wedged between two tenses, that of the reference and that of the allocution. You have gone, which I lament. You are here, since I am addressing you. Fib number 1979. What is the connection between the nervous system and the odd performer who trammels off facts and figures on an oversized couch stuffed with party favorites? Systemic tears parade across an immovable surface, parts unwaxed or towed, unyielding, all of it a favorite construction of the marine general who munches conscription ears for breakfast or delivers the mail to weeping willows, telling of the fallen soldier Supper interrupted. Glimpse number 12. Forward, ho, all of us go, one by one into the dark hole. Back off. Anyway, those were eyes, but now they are simply the peepholes trading places with former CIA agents who need something sweet in their coffee. This isn't Catholic regret or a soft African Methodist Episcopal moan clamoring down the free zone. Pranksters, all of them, them religions of birth. Seminella poisoning or clean soy dreams. Glimpse number 469. In my world, only two things happen at once, and those are secrets I'm sworn to protect. Like I would a classically manufactured Barbie in her prom dress, who once we wielded her driving skipper's red convertible through the path of the rose bushes that lived on Fourth Avenue without a thought, a wish, or denouement, until we got tired of their survival instincts cutting them down without ceremony. But that's just the way we did things when we were Afro-hyphenated back then. Winter changes my attitude like a simile out of pocket or a tree hugger out of the environmental zone. Now that has got to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Glimpse number eight. Willingly. I think it was willingly. We steered the big thing southward, but the fears came out of the upper cabinets causing us to turn the thing away from Belize, and that was the end of Father. Glimpse number 59. Would you die for the revolution was a favorite refrain for a while, but we now know that was just a silly sweet offering to some other goddess of production, and all we really have to do is walk to the local supermarket for bread, stay black, pay taxes, and die not for nothing in particular. Now that has got to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Fib number 7809. Disjuncture one. The difference between chicken breast filet and ground turkey should be obvious. 
I hadn't noticed it until the kitten cried. Glimpse number 245. Whatever's happening to us seems to be really strange, but the strangest thing is nobody seems to be in charge of it. Disjuncture two. Don't dream that I don't dream of you. Sometimes I do. I'm tired was just a statement. No reason to doubt veracity or to sleep into three in the afternoon is normal if the sounds from the fire hydrants kept you awake all night. Paris must be a different city than this one. I did walk on cobblestones once, but it seemed like that was Baltimore. I don't know anything about that place. Your tongue has an obvious attachment to things that taste slightly salty. I don't think I'd feel as sexy in a hair weave or the skin of a lover past her prime. Glimpse number 98. It was the most intimate thing, me lying my head on your back, a leathered parcel you won in a crap shoot 39 years ago. Disjuncture three. Now that has got to take the cake. A forest should be an actual location or a storybook ideal of evil, like the shadows of Denver streets after 10 p.m. When you died, I thought everything would change for the better, but things just got worse for a while. She was sent here to uninvent the family, an alliance to Mondays, a plotless wonder. Glimpse number 456. I thought you said no, but that was just another kind of unknowing of what to do, as if this cause were some definitive action, this slow falling away from one another. Glimpse 56. I thought you'd tell me something definitive, why Johnny can't read, and then it would all be settled. Disjuncture 4. You asked me where the passion went, as if I should be able to trace its source to a gully or exclamation point, as if clever were a disguise I could shrug off at any whimsical point in the plot, revealing myself really just a plain girl, a workhorse in sensible low-heeled shoes, shopping for the family's daily bread at a predestined location while donkeys braid loaded down with trade. Glimpse number 098. If woman is a false category, then I've just made all this up. Salty, unlike sexy, doesn't get in the way of things when you need to invent a letter to write to someone you hardly know. It could just be my old-fashioned selfish impulses at work, but I wanted to see the squirrel swing itself off the tree, ledge down into the soft snow drift below, a reinforcing syntax, double negative, I don't know nobody, the first statement of truth, dear, a disarming endearment, false negative, we don't have anything in common. Or, John, we hardly knew you. I wanted to wear the body you'd taken on as a 30-something woman curled in the leather bar stool of the five-and-dime novel. Glimpse 234. When finally the fairy princess felt brave enough to leave the castle walls, she only made it for us a local 7-Eleven, but even that was better than nowhere. Glimpse 98. It was the most intimate thing, me lying my head on your back, a leathered parcel you won in a crapshoot 39 years ago. Dear, I'm sorry I didn't return your call last night, or calls right away, but the days just seemed to run into each other, like one endless sentence, and besides, I didn't want to talk in the voice you would expect of me. Glimpse 56, I thought you'd tell me something definitive, like why Johnny can't read, and then it would be settled. What if all the people are getting ready because there's a train a-coming, a code in which we all speak, 
like MTV, apparent acronyms that take up little emotional space, NAFTA, NWA, a mode of thought that brings everything together neatly in a master script. Glimpse number 88. I want the drama of a declarative statement like, if I break your heart again, I'll kill myself. But it's too early for all that. The sun is a vain mistress squalored on the dirt-eaten grass outside this frame. And besides, it's ridiculous to say goodbye with an idiom. Glimpse 456. I thought you said no, but that was just another kind of unknowing of what to do, as if this calls for some definitive action the flows falling away from one another. You broke my heart. Now that's a handy idiom. Now that's a handy idiom. I call for a language of shared possibilities, not the limited inferences and references of mother, lover, car, cake, run, disfigurements and expected speech, a man of the people. If there really is no such location called female, then we've just made all this up. Glimpse 245, whatever is happening to us seems to be really strange, but the strangest thing is nobody seems to be in charge of it. Disjuncture 9, false alliances to activisms, like insisting on a female gynecologist or buying black or drinking Zapatista-grown coffee makes me feel better. And because I feel better, by extension, perhaps the world is now a slightly better place like carefully plotting all appointments in the daily calendar, mask a slight quivering in the fingers when I think of it, the antithesis of lying on one's rusty dusty. Glimpse 98, it was the most intimate thing, me lying my head on your back, a leathered parcel you won in a crapshoot 39 years ago. This is definitely a different energy from Bill, so we're shifting down. But we can still have the things in our throats. <laughs> it, it was great to hear Bill read. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed that. Why I write. For all those times we left in the clear morning, unable to state our given names, for the Dachau trees and middle passage limbs when we argued whose pain was more worthy of attention. For the loose teeth of a vegetarian father who could not look death in the eye to be exonerated. For the faceless woman who said, how do I know the bitch is my mother? I only met her when I was 15. For the dead brother who sat on brick wall with me as we plotted to run away together to the revolution. For the privilege of forgetting as we walked down the dingy abandoned streets intellectualizing our advances. For the masturbatory devices stuck in my pussy while a voice that lives inside me moaned, bitch, bitch, sweet bitch. For the pathetic mother at bus stop who looked at my son urging me to protect as she waited for the 38 bus to ride her to the county jail to visit hers. For the gold-capped gold toothed laugh of the nag queen who walks the street beside her grocery cart speaking and thinks, for the sad language scrawled on walls articulating a despair only the initiated can decipher. For the dream of white horses and white knights and white powder and virtual reality. For the ungood and unforgiving bullets that clip the silence and punctuate the ends of my sentences. For the time I left you spinning in circles in loveless rain, 
wondering where home was. For the Brooklyn snow molded into the concrete cracks that has accepted my impression passionately as seasoned horrors for the seasoned hoe in me. For the time I touched your fat shoulder with my fingertip and felt you give up the ghost of the martyred mother. For the need to submit to something both lower and higher than myself. For the common emancipation of language unleashed. For the knock-kneed little skinny girl child who learned her name was mine. I'm going to read a few from this book called um, The She Said Dialogue, Flesh Memory. Um, yeah, this book is more about desire and where do you place that. And so, more with desire. Gently she tucks her hand under my chin, she says. Don't be afraid, your demons are your friends. Night becomes you, so sad little angels dressed in red on the way home from parties where the dead bless the damned. Confusions date the air. Smoke goes easily into passageways between dreams and regret. Passed on to those who will themselves, who will call themselves generations. Rams with Aries tags skittering across wide boulevards in brownie uniforms. Think the pledge worthy of remembrance. How do you wake the dead cushioned in sheepskin car seat covers? Enter the angel. Some hair lingers in her armpits. Pick up the butts to smoke. Down in the street they lay in shades of blackness. Not the celebrated dreams of nationalist visionaries who want it all romantic or nothing. Look for lit veils. There are so many ways to pass the time on earth. The sorrow, the grief stands in line to be recognized. Stop to hold me. Sidewalk voices cry out. Baskets with debris of lives stacked high. You have to pray at the mission before you get food. You have to pretend Jesus loves you. Have to pretend you care. All the things I want are in mountains and oceans and flowers, delicate as baby's blood, my blood. Bury the placenta and come home. Breasts echo, promises and good times and chopped wood. Travel down a road, a horizon. Wolves mark desert night. Slow dance at house parties, reality unarmed. Everybody have a good time, all right, you freak. Stereo, red, black, green, beads dangle from Afro-fashion beads. Who betrayed the dream? Flimsy protection of skin sheds its collective memory time and time again. They're all so innocent with their pimples on. Snort the perfume. Feel better now. On the way to somewhere, the little child said, it's such a nice town, they must be hiding something. Pleasantries and manners and Southern California slave culture. Snip. The girls took sewing, the boys took shop, and the worlds were ordered reams of notebook paper. Then your mama slaps you in the face. Then you vomit in an alley in a strange town. Then you fuck yourself with a cucumber dildo. Then you feel good. Then you look at all the gun-toting boys and ice cube scowls calling you bitch, and you disengage. Then you put some dope in the pipe and you smoke it and you feel nothing. Then the sun cuts clouds razor edged and redemptive and you feel, sigh, evil over arid city hustles food. Stop the progression of civilization. The pursuit of happiness is killing as seen through partially open blinds. 
telephone wires stretch across sky, tops of trees, Christian clouds and Christian cross and clouds, symmetrical truth, the nonsense takes all night, a way to survive the dark, peer at first light, the choir in robes crimson, minstrel blood of angels, I bleed, red, patron color of grief and birth and all forms of self-inflicted wounds. She said again, I'm not jealous, just afraid of losing. Never seem to beat anyone to the punch, my good girl. Hide behind the telephone ring. Water passes down a narrow opening in the cliff, falling to its berth 500 feet down. Shipwrecked on a city street, I see what I cannot say. Be afraid. Look over someone else's shoulder for the answer. Dear Abby, what should I do to apologize? If there were words, I would say sorry, but we flat language. Our bodies dangle in the absent space. Talk to silence. It answers in tongues even a retired Christian could decipher. When the going gets rough, I'm going to hold my child and rock. I wanted carrot juice, but things just don't seem to come up daisy. Twist. Lest me in on the joke. Look, my mouth can laugh. What is a sensible murder? Wrong answer. Say your prayers aloud. Make sure God hears you. I know which boundary I've blundered. Your love is your own and not mine. If we were older, we would have played the game right. But we are so young, we don't even know how to tie up the frayed edges of this rope. I want to beg forgiveness, but I heard only men do that. Girlfriends just retired to separate rooms to sew patches on the hose. The grass is always greener, she said. In this season of dreams, trees bend down to kiss my ear. I come into winter virginal and unafraid of cold. Suicides of faraway shell, suicides of faraway tale, short against notion I love. Welcome to 1993. I hear everyone's dysfunctional. I hear they're the best they can be. Stand in line. Gorgeous, repressed bellies pulled tight on a string. Slip. Which way is the five and dime? Generous is your hand, the one that extends the tobacco for free. Feed me another promise. Do you think they'll come to the party? Balance carefully on the slippery banks of forever. Where's that at? A storefront pretending to be East 14th in a time of better revolutionary assumption, assumptions. Say, who dat who love me? In this season of dreams, I walk into an alley on the good side of the street. A man pushed her head through a glass plate window. Think good thoughts now and good thoughts shall come to you. I think I left my patience at the express line, but I really don't remember. Are you making up another story? The prim teacher bends down to the little child, forced to silence. She said, own it. Find me here in the oversized room where the bad girls go to kneel. Look into another mirror for answers. Too tired to know what I know. Confess on another Sunday. They'll come again with the assurance the arrogant devise as some sort of destiny. A town waits for me to arrive. Dream a comfortable fiction. I'm with you all the way. Two women in a dance of connective tissue. We are. I walked once through dangerous skyscraper tonguing the moon. Slow drag of feet search for a resting place. 
There was a song, but the words escape me now. Like all good movies, the ending came out good. The heroine died. I don't remember my lines. Say this to the body curled alone under a pile of blankets. Winds claw at inadequate window panes. Say that. You say this to say what. I don't say what I can't believe. Boogie. I didn't know where I was going, but I was sure when I arrived that it was the right place. Seven years just walked through the angers. Home. A pillow lies beneath my eyes, catching the wet doubts so sweet. A couple of more from the Seaforts. Cross the line, she said. Don't enter here. Don't come in here. This place where the hard wound of hate eats. You are not welcome into this pain you've brought. Fine wounded bitch hardened besides curbside rain puddle. Give another gift, please. I am not without fault. I love too hard, beautiful singer man, he said, his friends sometimes say, but I believe, I believe that a woman should be. Is this the rage you meant to find behind curtain number one? The sorceress sleeps, light the match. Who burns first? Freaks on knees, on floor, on bathroom, hard, on ass, orifice, on lips, on sleeping sickness, on pop, Pop, die, beautiful one, like children, falling, a swing empty in the false park. Push me, push me, they cry, little ghost. She said, Heather, you run your hand through this forest, black pubic hair, penetrate the fears, tickle tongue over generations of stubborn women, ecstatic surrender. It's time to play. Take me to the place where you go when there is no separation between the whip and the lick. Commodified postcards, lotus afloat in ponds fragrant. I am a beggar on the path dressed in fine threads. I bend over to receive the power you steal so fine your shop lifted hands. Say your hidden name. Release the shame housed in your pussy. Turn up the lights. This is not the time for darkness to obscure your face, a mask, violet, and trumpet hues. And the last piece. Lover, one. What the body remembers, it was not that complicated, the history, divisions, cut-ups, intrigues, a tattoo on the upper right flank where the skin bears witness, a rose, Emblazoned there, a lost lover's shadow, an old script, dilapidated desire, what becomes fact, a factual encoding, a tussle's negotiated outcome. More difficult, what was that song she used to lisp? It sounded raw silk. Michael rowed the boat ashore, how the whip carted the flesh, his dowry, a truckload of straightening combs and transitive verbs. Skin cancer is very, very rare in the African-American community. Therefore, it's hard to remember the sun. Come on over here and kiss me, baby. She wanted to show how place traps consciousness, how men write histories. I thought she would look nice dressed in her father's battered face. The Kenyan coffee in the cup stained the African colonial map. I spilled. How come you don't never buy me nothing I could pawn? She acted like it hurt. At the moment it happened, I didn't mean it. 
When it was over, she wanted to talk. I don't remember the Royal Dutch Trading Company. If that's all you wanted, you should have said so. That was all I wanted. A few words, maybe. Some souvenir to put on the mantle for later, like when all this is over. What you experience is your valid reality. You said, pretentious. I was too pretentious to be included. For some reason, you made this a personal scene, not the distance required of nonfiction. Like when your mother sang you a nursery rhyme, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. I thought your teeth were edible. Hello, I echoed against you. You simply the best. That's what I meant to say. We drove to Nantucket. That made you laugh. We saw Jane run, mittens. They lived in a different storybook. I disremember. It was the blue shirt with the bleach marks on it. In the closet in, in Kentucky, I kissed it. You wore it to the pool table. You've never been to Kentucky. That's what you said. I used to think it cute the way you invent, but it bores me now. That's what I would have said. Four ounces of olive oil, one ounce of rosemary, and five drops of lemongrass. My mother washed my hair in the kitchen sink. You told me that while waiting for the bee bus to boulder. This is the part when my hand grabs your throat. Voice box rumbles through California. Be more exact, that's what you said. You pretty. Dorothy Dandrus ankles and Esther Phillips skin. They lived in ebony on the coffee table. That's where your mother left them out for company that never came. The sofa wasn't green. We were on our way to a party on Divisadero Street. My mother died giving birth to me. You said it without any emphasis. I believe it was Vienna. I believe it was. We bathed breath together in a porcelain tub. My mother took me to Disneyland on my fifth birthday. I love the way you said it with certainty. Yes, when I was five. Lover. Yes, she insisted. Yes, you do. Michael rode the boat ashore. Come over here to the green futon. Sit on my lap. They came in droves. I don't remember. Come over here. It was before the new millennium, she said. Don't you remember? They sang hallelujah. I dreamed you took me to Jamaica. We slept on sand. Your dead cousin hustled us in Montego Bay. We paid him store-bought cowrie shells to take us to Ethiopia, Haley Selassie's shrine. My ear wouldn't stop bleeding. Your dead cousin said they have a word for this kind of female insurgency. Your politics slipped from my labia on the boat ride across the bay. You thieved your mouth away when you saw him looking, as if seared, as if suddenly feeling the text. You seemed ashamed of what he saw. They have a banishment for lesbian in our language, he said. I don't remember. He wouldn't remember to tell us. You thought we spoke English. You said, I thought we were speaking in English. For 50 American dollars, he would service both American tourist ladies. You insisted we talk about Algay, or 18th century insurgency in the outlaw hills of a compound. Your dead cousin insisted on cash. At the moment of inquiry, you could not recall my name. No, not lover. They have another marker for it a subjective reading, duplicitous experience. That was a duplicitous experience, you said, when we got off. Thank you.
Thanks for coming and come back again.